First in Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. The next game is the Giants and Jags. Mm. Okay. <laughs> the zombie Giants that cannot right. be killed. You a born Giants fan? Yes. Are you believing? Is there anything that they could do? Because you correctly pointed out that the market does not believe. Is there anything they could do? Because they won again and they were resilient and they came back. Four fourth quarter comebacks yep. this year, Pony. Most of any team in the NFL. Is there anything the Giants could do to make you believe that they are a good team this year? Well, I think they'd have to beat, I think they'd have to win one of their games against Philly. I think they'd almost have to do something like that or go to Dallas and win. You know, like what they're doing here is I think they've moved. Are they still, you know, overachieving? Yeah, the point differential, I think they're plus 27 at six and one. You know, that's not, the math doesn't add up there. Yeah. You know, they're winning all these coin flips. You know, they're hot at the blackjack table or whatever analogy you want to use. But like, I think they have crossed the Rubicon to like, there's always a team like this that things just click in a season. I think they are that kind of team at the moment. I think they'll probably still finish around like 10 and seven off a six and one start. And, you know, that's a hell of a first season for a coach of a franchise that has been the last five years tied with the Jets for like the fewest wins in the entire NFL. So, I mean, from, like you've got to love as a Giants fan the way that they've won despite injuries and no production from wide receiver and getting Daniel Jones to take the turnovers out of his game. I mean, that's awesome. Like as long as you just have the bar of like they're getting way better and they're probably going to make the playoffs and if and everything from there is like gravy then you know, kudos to the Giants. I think if I was doing a show on WFAN talking about the Giants, I think I would lead with Dable every week. I think I think that's the 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 story. And and, and I and I agree. And even though you know, such a hardcore fan, uh, you know, New York City sports fan, they demand winning, they demand greatness. I also think that they've been so beaten down by being so bad for so long. The fact that they're kind of fluky, I would not want to, to me, is there room for criticism that they're not a great team? Sure. But I just don't think that that matches the the personality and feelings of their fan base right now where they're just overjoyed regardless of how they're finding a way to win games. I think that that's probably what I, the emotion that I would go by. Yeah, me too, but I would, but I would be saying like, we talked about this a bit last week. Today, no fumbles, no interceptions, five fewer penalties than your opponent. Yeah. Quarterback only sacked once. Tough defensive stand at the end of the game. Fourth, fourth quarter comeback this year. That's the sign of a disciplined, well-coached football team. I agree. So, like, I, I would be talking about it purely in that lens. Don't get – don't – get emotional on Saquon. Don't get emotional on Daniel Jones. Don't think you're better than you are. You're not going to get as good of a draft pick as you wanted, but like, 
I think you might have made the best hire of this hiring cycle. Yep. And in a league that is like coach, quarterback, GM is those three people on a 53 man salary cap sport is like 75% of the battle. I agree. You know? And it's going to get the, it's going to get the offensive coordinator who broke all the shit in the booth after the Dolphins game in Buffalo, it's going to get him a head coaching job this next hiring cycle too. Because now Dable has proven that it wasn't just Josh Allen, that maybe yeah. there's a culture and being under McDermott. And it's going to start a whole coaching tree for him, I think, too, based it, yeah, on what it, Dable has done. It it, it might. Um, in fact, I think he'll be the Panthers' next coach. Mark my words. Okay. But Dorsey? Yes. Okay. I like that. Um, uh, and as far as the game, I think you had an interesting spin on this. The Ravens and Browns game, you wanted to make a point about how the Browns are two and five, but what's really the difference between them and the Ravens? Another Maybe game I much. watched, I, another game I watched a lot of, um, I had the over there and I have no idea how that game did not go over 43 and a half that I like, uh, that I have no idea, but um, so one team's in first place. The other has four straight losses. And I watched that game and I was like, this is the Spider-Man meme, man. (laughs) Like super flawed offensive teams with one really special player on each. I know Andrews is very good, but hasn't been at super productive. Like Lamar, super special, Chubb, super special. Defenses with name talent that should be way better than they are. Neither strikes any fear into you whatsoever. Cleveland's been losing. Baltimore's pulled off some close wins. They would each present unique matchup challenges for any team in the league. Lamar would, Chubb would. Mm -hmm. But there's no scenario right now where I see either of them being able to rattle off three playoff wins to like actually be a, a contender in their conference. To me, it's like the perfect encapsulation of the razor thin margin between first and last in the NFL. And I think the Ravens are in the wrong conference because the Ravens, I think possess a lot of the qualities of like the Rams and now like to an even lesser extent, the Packers and the Buccaneers, just because of how bad they looked this Sunday. But if Baltimore were four and three in the NFC, it would be like, you know what? Like all it takes is one good two or three week stretch. Yeah. They can do that based on the quality of teams they're matching up with and playing. But it just doesn't, it just seems so daunting in the AFC. Even if they win that division, it just doesn't seem like something like these aspirations that the Ravens were just going to go back to being the team that they were a couple of years ago. I just don't see that happening now. You know, like, you talk about coach, quarterback, GM combination. There was the expectation there in Baltimore. They had all those three, three things locked down this year. They'd made all the right moves in the draft and in the offseason. I'm not seeing it, Danny, and I'm pessimistic on those things coming together for them over the next yeah, I would, months. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would be too. Uh, and obviously the Browns thing, there's just the huge variable of are they getting a top five to seven quarterback, right? That obviously would – 
change the dynamic of like the long-term future, but they've lost too many games yeah. to, to, to be relevant this to be relevant the rest of this season. But Chubb, by the way, has some, uh, some challenges. We'll get to that at the last game, but Jets and Broncos here. This was such a dead nuts under. Both these defenses are good. Are we willing to say that? Yeah. Right? Can I tie in this game to the last one in a way? Please. I want to run something by you. Yeah, please. If I'm the Jets, I would trade for Kareem Hunt tomorrow by the end of this podcast. Makes too much sense. Hunt's in, the last, injury. Hunt's in the last year of his deal. He, I think he touched the ball three times for minus four yards. I think he had a touchdown. But he was like at the goal line, but he was like barely used. Chubb's great. You want to give it to him. He averages like nine yards a carry when he actually gets the ball. Um, you know, the, the Browns are now two and five. He wanted to leave there anyways. This is a perfect situation. Trade him but, to New but, York. But what why like what do you, what why do you want to trade for a one-year running back just to if I'm the Jets? Yeah. I'm five and two right now. My other running back is more of a second running back who's a complimentary back. I do that. Even if he has a great second half for me, who cares? Hall will come back for off his ACL. Hunt will become a free agent. And he's a guy that I know can kind of fit the mentality of our team, which is, you know, we wanted to pound Hall a lot and use him, some explosiveness. I think Hunt still has that. I think Hunt still... Maybe not a top 15 running back, but I think he's a top 25 running back in the league. Yeah, I just, I mean, like, you know, I was okay with the McCaffrey swing because you're trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't think the Jets are winning a Super Bowl, but like if you're telling me. Oh, you got to go for the playoffs now. And if you give up, you know, they've, they've gotten a bunch of picks. You trade like a day three. I think you trade a day three pick for him. And the Browns are, they're not an old school front office. They know the writings on the wall with Hunt. They know the writings on the wall this season. I think they'd flip him for like a for like a six that might turn into a fifth based on how the how Jets season goes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I yeah, listen, that's those, a trade are, that makes too much sense for both teams not to do. Yeah, those are that's those those are lottery tickets. I like it. Um if we're the, the Broncos defense, this story has happened in Chicago like probably nine times in my lifetime, where it's like at some point in the season reporters are just going into the locker room and asking defensive players if they resent the offensive players because the defense is so clearly Super Bowl caliber and the offense is supposed to be good and they invested in it and it's just like they're letting them down and the offense gets talked about more than the defense and the defensive guys don't get their shine. The Broncos defense is incredible. It, I mean, I know the Jets aren't great, but what is it now? It's, is it seven or eight touchdowns they've allowed this year in seven games? It's crazy. I think what might happen there is I could see them firing the head coach, obviously at the end of the year, but in the interview process for the next head coach, they want to keep the defensive coordinator around for the next head coach. I would 100% consider that if I were them. It just that 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 hurts your interview pool, right? It's like you know, it, it. But but it's it's obviously working, and you should hire an offensive coach to figure out what the hell's going on with your quarter of a billion dollar quarterback. Who again, you just are kind of happy he's hurt because he's been so bad. But I would just like in that division, 
I would love to have seen, like, we were we were right on Denver. We didn't think it was going to be this bad. Yeah. But I would have loved to have seen them be a competent offense with by far the best defense in the division to just kind of like change it up a bit compared to how those other teams are constructed. It would have been it would have just been great theater because the defense is awesome and there's nothing there offensively for them. It was a unwatchable offensive game and Williams and Gardner are great. Yep. Gardner's a top 10 corner in the NFL already. Guy's awesome. Like very clearly going to be and a $100 million cornerback. And very back to cool. our earlier conversation about the Bengals. What the Bengals did offensively against the Jets now looks even better. Yeah. If they went again, in there. Like doing it against Rippon and the Broncos offense, like they're one of the worst offenses in the league. But I watched a decent amount and I thought. No, but what I'm saying is the only offense all year that's kicked the Jets' ass was Cincy's. The right. whole year. Right. Baltimore, the, the Jets' defense is good. Baltimore just hit a couple of fluke plays. They didn't march the ball up and down the field on them. The only team that's taken the ball and gone 75 yards repeatedly on them was Cincinnati. Yeah. They didn't get credit for that at the time, but they should now, based yeah. on how good we know these young guys are for the Jets' defense. Yeah. No, you're right. The, the, those were two two bad offenses against two good defenses. Like that, that was, that was what that game was. It was not just, it was not just bad offense. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a monster. I pulled it up because I have my 11 to one ticket on Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb at 649, Saquon at 616. And then Jacobs all the way back at 490. And then Miles Sanders, 485. And then Lamar Jackson is your fifth leading rusher in the NFL. In the contract year, just not given a bleep <laughs> about it. Uh, all the res- all the respect in the world. You think it's a two horse race or a three horse race for the Russian crown? You think Jacobs is is still in the mix with Barkley and Chubb? He looks awesome. Yeah, I did not see this coming at all. He looks you know, so I, good. When McDaniel's made Jacobs play in the Hall of Fame game in August, I thought he might cut the guy. I mean, I really did. I just did not. His first couple of years with Oakland, he had a, he had thousand yard seasons. I thought it was more because of volume. I thought he was a pedestrian running back. Um, he is not. Like he, well, he is a brick house. And everybody thought that offensive line w- was shit. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's honestly it's a stunning development, and it's really something that makes you think about the Raiders. Like, if that running back is that good, and we know what Adams is, and they can run block well enough for the, for this kind of monster season, like, okay. Like, that, you, you're, you've got something there now. Yeah, he's only 24. Or, no, excuse me. Yeah, no, 24. No, what I'm picking the draft and 24 years old. What what I'm saying is last year they made the playoffs and they had an unbelievable record in the fourth quarter and overtime of games that won't happen again. But their offense right now is much better than last year's team that made the playoffs. Not even close. You've added Waller and you've got an elite running back now. Yeah. You've added added Adams. Yeah. Like, 
They're two and four. But I think any, and not just the lip service, I think every team that plays the Raiders from here on out will say, the, the, like the, when the coach talks the week, the, the Tuesday or Monday before the game, we'll be like, this team is fucking good. And we talked about it in the preview. One point loss to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Two point loss in Tennessee. Six point loss to the Cardinals in overtime. Crazy, weird, terrible, collapse, fluky, one out of a hundred loss. Five point loss to the Chargers in the opener. Like, no embarrassing losses, all by six points or less. Jacobs' last three games, 143, 154, 144. Who's their next game? Rushing yards. Um, Let me pull it up. Pull it up real quick. Waller didn't play today, by the way. Yeah. Um, At the Saints. Yeah, in, in, in New Orleans, in Jacksonville, home against Indy, in Denver, in Seattle, home against the Chargers. Yeah, they, they definitely can go on a run. They can get hot, man. They definitely they absolutely can. can. They definitely can. Um, yeah, that you know, you still would worry a little bit about pass protection. Who um, would you bet to finish second in that division right now? The Chargers or Raiders? Prisoner of the moment, I know. Prisoner of the moment, but yeah, I don't know. The <laughs> I, honestly, dude, Jacobs has looked. Because he also – there hasn't been like an 80-yarder. He's averaging like seven yards of carries last three games with his lo- with a long of – You don't want to bail yards. on the uh, – you don't want to bail on the Chargers, but you know the right answer is the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I don't – that's exactly right. You know me very well. That's right. I don't want to – I don't want to say it because I still think the hey, Chargers are crazy talented, but yeah, it's, it's the Final – um, just a comment from you on the game Monday night between the Patriots and Bears as a Chicago guy. Let's hear a quick one. I'd like to believe that with the mini buy that Matt Eberflus would be able to show me something, but he's on the road against Bill Belichick with Justin Fields. That doesn't bode well. I think that it's going to be unwatchable offensive football. I think Dirty Bill did his patented seven-minute diatribe to open the week where he said that the Bears are a great team and he named every player on their special teams unit like just to show how much he studied and how much he knows and then they're gonna win by 20 24 points if the Bears don't cover seven and a half I have to pick up the tab on a four-hour open bar here next week so what are you doing? You're you're just eating Taco Bell and picking up tabs you're just you're just radio stunts guy now I love no that. I'm not well, hold on. I first of all, I love that about you. You wore a wig this year. <laughs> like, no, why are so, we hosting together again? I love that. That's great. So we do, we do a, we do like a pick of the week that we're most confident in, and I have gotten it wrong. Every, I'm, I'm literally zero and six. <laughs> so. And we just keep what do you upping get it? The, you get it right. You just have to do something if you No, we, we just keep upping the ante like, you know, you, you know, I'm so sure of this pick now cuz I've gotten the last 5 wrong. Yeah. Did you I'm, eat the $28 worth of Taco Bell? That's going to be that's going to be on Thursday. You're eating the Taco Bell on Thursday. Yeah, and I have no input on what items are in that order at all. I I I, I, I saw that 
qualifier on Twitter, that doesn't matter. There's no combination of $28 worth of tacos. (laughs) People are like, oh, you got to do the cheesy gordita crunch. No, you just got to do 40 tacos. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Like seven cheesy burritos or 30 tacos is equally horrifying. I'm actually, this is not a joke. When people are listening to this Monday morning, I will be on my way to the doctor's. Because my doctor wants to talk about like this whole situation with me in terms no. of how my, I swear to God, <laughs> in terms of how my body will respond and react to it. Yeah. You're in good shape. I'm okay. I have horrible, basketball. You have a job. I do. I still, I still play, but I, I have, I have horrible anxiety. I don't know if you suffer from that. Uh, yeah, no. I do. But, I, but so, so your doctor's worried about your anxiety because of Taco Bell? Well, just like, you know. Thinking about it for days. I've been, I have been for two weeks. I've been worried about this. Why? Because I don't want to. Are you like a crazy healthy eater? I don't want to get fucking sick. And I know I'm going to get sick, dude. Oh, sack up. (laughs) You'll be fine. I've been taking probiotics every day for the last six days to get ready for this. Yeah. What are you, my newborn? (laughs) Like. You're making the transition to formula? What the hell's the matter with you? Yeah, man. You'll be fine. No, I'm not going to be fine. You just went on a soliloquy three minutes ago stating the reasons why this is not going to work for me. Well, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be difficult and you're going to like your stomach's going to hurt and you're going to have a long bathroom stint that's going to hurt. Which but- how has Taco Bell managed to stay around this long and prosper when everyone says that it just makes you sick? How have they maintained? Well, most people go and get like a quesadilla with a taco kicker and then, you know, feel a little bad on the back end. Most people don't eat $28 in a sitting. No, but it's like everybody even, you just said it there, on the back end. It's like Taco Bell is synonymous with people having to shit. And if I took over Taco Bell, if I were their CEO, that would be the type of brand change that I would be working on. Uh, yeah, maybe like, that's like why how, they have, like, maybe that's why they have Pete Davidson doing their commercials now. Yeah, that'll solve it. Like how like how Domino's did their big rebrand. Yeah, that one actually worked. By the way, they're like, "Hey, our bad. Our pizza was bad, but now it's good. You can try it. We'll give you free delivery to try it." And everyone's like, eh, "Okay, free delivery." And they're like, "Damn, it's actually pretty good." Um, all, all right, right. all right. First in pod. Subscribe, rate, review, share with a friend. Thank you to Spencer Ray. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. We'll talk to you after Thursday Night Football. Peace.